Judges 1. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, Which tribe should go first to attack the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah, for I have given them victory over the land. The men of Judah said to their relatives from the tribe of Simeon, Join with us to fight against the Canaanites living in the territory allotted to us. Then we will help you conquer your territory. So the men of Simeon went with Judah. When the men of Judah attacked, the Lord gave them victory over the Canaanites and Perizzites, and they killed 10,000 enemy warriors at the town of Bezek. While at Bezek, they encountered King Adoni Bezek and fought against him, and the Canaanites and Perizzites were defeated. Adoni Bezek escaped, but the Israelites soon captured him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. Adoni Bezek said, I once had 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off, eating scraps from under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. They took him to Jerusalem, and he died there. The men of Judah attacked Jerusalem and captured it, killing all its people and setting the city on fire. Then they went down to fight the Canaanites living in the hill country, the Negev, and the western foothills. Judah marched against the Canaanites in Hebron, formerly called Kiriath Abba, defeating the forces of Sheshai, Ahiman, and Talmai. From there, they went to fight against the people living in the town of Debir, formerly called Kiriath Sefer. Caleb said, I will give my daughter Aksa in marriage to the one who attacks and captures Kiriath Sefer. Othniel, the son of Caleb's younger brother Kenaz, was the one who conquered it. So Aksa became Othniel's wife. When Aksa married Othniel, she urged him to ask her father for a field. As she got down off her donkey, Caleb asked her, What's the matter? She said, Let me have another gift. You have already given me land in Negev. Now please give me springs of water too. So Caleb gave her the upper and lower springs. When the tribe of Judah left Jericho, the city of Palms, the Kenites, who are descendants of Moses' father-in-law, traveled with them into the wilderness of Judah. They settled among the people there, near the town of Arad in Negev. Then Judah joined with Simeon to fight against the Canaanites living in Zephath, and they completely destroyed the town. So the town was named Homer. In addition, Judah captured the towns of Gaza, Ashkelon, and Ekron, along with their surrounding territories. The Lord was with the people of Judah, and they took possession of the hill country, but they failed to drive out the people living in the plains who had armed chariots. The town of Hebron was given to Caleb as Moses had promised, and Caleb drove out the people living there, who are descendants of the three sons of Anak. The tribe of Benjamin, however, failed to drive out the Jebusites who are living in Jerusalem. So to this day, the Jebusites live in Jerusalem among the people of Benjamin. The descendants of Joseph attacked the town of Bethel, and the Lord was with them. They sent men to scout out Bethel, formerly known as Luz. They confronted a man coming out of the town and said to him, Show us a way into the town and we will have mercy on you. So he showed them a way in and they killed everyone in the town except that man and his family. Later, the man moved to the land of Hittites, where he built a town. He named it Luz, which is its name to this day. The tribe of Manasseh failed to drive out the people living in Bethshan, 
Tanach, Dor, Iblem, Megiddo, and all their surrounding settlements because the Canaanites were determined to stay in that region. When the Israelites grew stronger, they forced the Canaanites to work as slaves, but they never did drive them completely out of the land. The tribe of Ephraim failed to drive out the Canaanites living in Geza, so the Canaanites continued to live there among them. The tribe of Zebulun failed to drive out the residents of Kitron and Nahalol, so the Canaanites continued to live among them, but the Canaanites were forced to work as slaves for the people of Zebulun. The tribe of Asher failed to drive out the residents of Akko, Sidon, Ahlab, Akzib, Helba, Afik, and Rehob. Instead, the people of Asher moved in among the Canaanites who controlled the land for they failed to drive them out. Likewise, the tribe of Naphtali failed to drive out the residents of Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath. Instead, they moved in among the Canaanites who controlled the land. Nevertheless, the people of Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath were forced to work as slaves for the people of Naphtali. As for the tribe of Dan, the Amorites forced them back into the hill country and would not let them come down into the plains. The Amorites were determined to stay in Mount Heres, Ijalon, and Shalbim. But when the descendants of Joseph became stronger, they forced the Amorites to work as slaves. The boundary of the Amorites ran from Scorpion Pass to Sela and continued upward from there. Judges chapter 2 The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim and said to the Israelites, I brought you out of Egypt into this land that I swore to give your ancestors, and I said I will never break my covenant with you. For your part, you are not to make any covenants with the people living in this land. Instead, you are to destroy their altars, but you disobeyed my command. Why did you do this? So now I declare that I will no longer drive out the people living in your land. There will be thorns in your sides, and their gods will be a constant temptation to you. When the angel of the Lord finished speaking to all the Israelites, the people wept loudly. So they called the place Bokim, which means weeping, and they offered sacrifices there to the Lord. After Joshua sent the people away, each of the tribes left to take possession of the land allotted to them. And the Israelites served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua, and the leaders who outlived him, those who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the land he had been allocated, at Timnath Sarah, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshipping the gods of the people around them, and they angered the Lord. They abandoned the Lord to serve Baal and the images of Ashtoreth. This made the Lord burn with anger against Israel, so he handed them over to raiders who stole their possessions. He turned them over to their enemies all around, and they were no longer able to resist them. Every time Israel went out to battle, 
the Lord fought against them, causing them to be defeated, just as he had warned. And the people were in great distress. Then the Lord raised up judges to rescue the Israelites from the attackers. Yet Israel did not listen to the judges, but prostituted themselves by worshipping other gods. How quickly they turned away from the path of their ancestors, who had walked in obedience to the Lord's commands. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge over Israel, he was with that judge and rescued the people from their enemies throughout the judge's lifetime. For the Lord took pity on his people who were burdened by oppression and suffering. But when the judge died, the people returned to their corrupt ways, behaving worse than those who had lived before them. They went after other gods, serving and worshipping them, and they refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. So the Lord burned with anger against Israel. He said, Because these people have violated my covenant, which I made with their ancestors, and have ignored my commands, I will no longer drive out the nations that Joshua left unconquered when he died. I did this to test Israel, to see whether or not they would follow the ways of the Lord as their ancestors did. That is why the Lord left those nations in place. He did not quickly drive them out or allow Joshua to conquer them all. Judges chapter 3 These are the nations that the Lord left in the land to test those Israelites who had not experienced the wars of Canaan. He did this to teach warfare to generations of Israelites who had no experience in battle. These are the nations, the Philistines, those living under the five Philistine rulers, all the Canaanites, the Sidonians, and the Hivites living in the mountain of Lebanon from Mount Baal-Hamon to Lebo-Hamath. These people were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the commands the Lord had given to their ancestors through Moses. So the people of Israel lived among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and they intermarried with them. Israelite sons married their daughters, and the Israelite daughters were given in marriage to their sons, and the Israelites served their gods. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. They forgot about the Lord their God and served the images of Baal and the Asherah poles. Then the Lord burned with anger against Israel, and he turned them over to King Kushan Rishathaim of Aram Naharim, and the Israelites served Kushan Rishathaim for eight years. But when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, the Lord raised up a rescuer to save them. His name was Othniel, the son of Caleb's younger brother Kenaz. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he became Israel's judge. He went to war against King Kushan Rishantham of Aram, and the Lord gave Othniel victory over him. So there was peace in the land for forty years. Then Othniel, son of Kenaz, died. Once again, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, and the Lord gave King Eglon of Moab control over Israel because of their evil. Eglon enlisted the Ammonites and Amalekites as allies, and then he went out and defeated Israel taking possession of Jericho, the city of Palms. And the Israelites served Eglon of Moab for 18 years. But when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, the Lord again raised up a rescuer to save them. His name was Ehud, son of Gera, a left-handed man of the tribe of Benjamin. 
The Israelites sent Ehud to deliver the tribute money to King Eglon of Moab. So Ehud made a double-edged dagger that was about a foot long and he strapped it to his right thigh, keeping it hidden under his clothing. He brought the tribute money to Eglon, who was very fat. After delivering the payment, Ehud started home with those who had helped carry the tribute. But when Ehud reached the stone idols near Gilgal, he turned back. He came to Eglon and said, I have a secret message for you. So the king commanded the servants, Be quiet, and he sent them all out of the room. Ehud walked over to Eglon, who was sitting alone in a cool upstairs room. And Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. As King Eglon rose from his seat, Ehud reached with his left hand, pulled out the dagger strapped to his right thigh, and plunged it into the king's belly. The dagger went so deep that the handle disappeared beneath the king's fat. So Ehud did not pull out the dagger, and the king's bowels emptied. Then Ehud closed the locked doors of the room and escaped down the latrine. After Ehud was gone, the king's servants returned and found the doors to the upstairs room locked. They thought he might be using the latrine in the room, so they waited. But when the king did not come out after a long delay, they became concerned and got a key. And when they opened the doors, they found the master dead on the floor. While the servants were waiting, Ehud escaped passing the stone idols on his way to Sarah. When he arrived in the hill country of Ephraim, Ehud sounded a call to arms. Then he led a band of Israelites down from the hills. Follow me, he said, for the Lord has given you victory over Moab, your enemy. So they followed him, and the Israelites took control of the shallow crossing of the Jordan River across from Moab, preventing anyone from crossing. They attacked the Moabites and killed about 10,000 of the strongest and most able-bodied warriors. Not one of them escaped. So Moab was conquered by Israel that day, and there was peace in the land for 80 years. After Ehud, Shamgar son of Anath, rescued Israel. He once killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad. Judges chapter 4 After Ehud's death, the Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord turned them over to King Jabin of Hazar, a Canaanite king. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harosheth, Hagoyim. Sisera, who had 900 iron chariots, ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet who judged Israel at that time. She will sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites will go to her for judgment. One day, she sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, who lived in Kadesh, in the land of Naphtali. She said to him, This is what the Lord God of Israel commands you. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun at Mount Tabor and I will call out Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors, to the Kishon River. There I will give you victory over him. Barak told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. Very well, she replied, I will go with you, but you receive no honor in this venture. 
for the Lord's victory over Caesarea will be at the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. At Kadesh, Barak called together the tribe of Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 warriors went up with him. Deborah also went with him. Now Heba, the Kenite, a descendant of Moses' brother-in-law, Hobab, had moved away from the other members of his tribe and pitched his tent by the oak of Zananim near Kadesh. When Caesarea was told that Barak, son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Taba, he called for all 900 of his iron chariots and all of his warriors, and they marched from Harosheth Goyim to the Kishon River. Then Deborah said to Barak, Get ready, this is the day the Lord will give you victory over Caesarea, for the Lord is marching ahead of you. So Barak led his 10,000 warriors down the slopes of Mount Taba into battle. When Barak attacked, the Lord threw Caesarea and all his chariots and warriors into a panic. Caesarea leaped down from his chariots and escaped on foot. Then Barak chased the chariots and the enemy army all the way to Harosheth Hagoyim, killing all of Caesarea's warriors. Not a single one was left alive. Meanwhile, Caesarea ran to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heba, the Kenite, because Heba's family was on friendly terms with King Jabin of Hazar. Jael went out to meet Caesarea and said to him, Come into my tent, sir. Come in. Don't be afraid. So he went into her tent and she covered him with a blanket. Please give me some water, he said. I'm thirsty. So she gave him some milk from a leather bag and covered him again. Stand at the door of the tent, he told her. If anybody comes and asks you if there is anyone here, say no. But when Caesarea fell asleep from exhaustion, Jael quietly crept up to him with a hammer and tent peg in her hand. Then she drove the tent peg through his temple and into the ground, and so he died. When Barak came looking for Caesarea, Jael went out to meet him. She said, Come, and I'll show you the man you're looking for. So he followed her into the tent and found Caesarea lying there dead, with a tent peg through his temple. And on that day, Israel saw God defeat Jabin the Canaanite king, and from that time on, Israel became stronger and stronger against King Jabin until they finally destroyed him.